Rodgers puts up the three. Long go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Hello and welcome to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. We're heading it up with NBA today here with Matty Garrett and the NBA Matrix. Uh, today... We're going to lead into five burning questions, a little bit of a slow news day here in NBA world. Uh, Today, we are brought here by the Standard Squeeze. We're going to rattle off five questions that G has come up with um, and just basically just have a little bit of a chat about NBA. G, how are you, mate? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm... um... It's the dog days of the NBA to sure when I'm just trawling through the socials and having a sip of my four-on-one and we're doing early morning podcasts and Woj is just, while you're doing your intro, I've just had this one, uh, New York Knicks guard Josh Hart is finalizing a four-year $81 million contract extension. So he's already under contract. This one here is $94 million now, contracted through the 27-28 season. For Josh Hart, that's like a $20 million a year guy. Um, yeah, so didn't expect this. Um, we, we had some news break break live. I think this will drop tomorrow anyway, so it won't stress. But realistically, I, I love to say that the Knicks Nick, but I think that's pretty good value for Josh Hart. That's pretty good value when you think about how much like Jalen Brown – and look, when we talk about these deals, Matty, you've got to be honest, like this – like they're getting more and more every year. So we're talking about Jalen Brown getting $306 million now. In two or three years' time, when the contract's at $350 million, we're yeah. not going to be saying the same thing. You know what I mean? So like, I reckon that's value for the kind of guy that, that Joshy Hart bought to uh, the Knicks at the end of the season. Is that me or is that not bad value for Josh Hart and what he does? No, it's pretty good. And um, I suppose we are a fantasy sports podcast. So I start to think, very, very spur of the moment, what that means. Um, look, it means that he is going to be a core part of the rotation for the Knicks. Uh, somebody like RJ Barrett, I hate the fact that he doesn't really get too many rebounds. Basically counting stats. I hate the fact that he doesn't get too many rebounds, doesn't get too many um, assists. Whereas somebody like Josh Hart goes and gets like 1.2 steals a night, nearly four assists. Uh, 7.8 rebounds in 32 minutes a night. I think that he could be a nice late-round guy. Yeah, actually, I just brought this up, talking to that, mate, straight away. After the trade deadline and him arriving in New York last year, and I don't see his role changing terribly (laughs) this year, right? You don't see it changing too much for him in New York, yeah? Is he better than RJ Barrett? He might be a... He's a better fantasy player than RJ Barrett, um, but is he better than RJ Barrett? Yeah, I'll just say yes because I like his motor. Like he was the seventy. I just pulled it up. Um, hashtag basketball after the trade deadline. Have Josh Hart as the seventy second ranked player last year. His field goal percentage, uh, basically fifty nine percent, seventy eight percent from the line, one three a game, 
10 points a game, but seven rebounds, 3.6 assists, 1.4 steals, and half a block. So it's like two stocks a game. That's a $20 million player. That's a pretty decent $20 million player a season, if you ask me, mate. With your last round, or like maybe it depends how deep you go, whether you're going 160 yeah. deep, whether you're going 140 deep. With your last round, if you are tanking those normal shooting guard stacks, Josh Hart is a shooting guard that gets 7.8 rebounds a game. That's, yeah, that's, that's a little that's, bit of extra sp- yeah, that's yeah. that's just spice on top, man. Like that's just stats. That's numbers. Like this is the thing about like you know we talk about, um, I guess like categorical scarcity, like where these stats are, like how many rebounds are there. So a really fun exercise if you ever want to do it, just jump onto the NBA website, look at like the season before, and look at the total minutes and total like numbers for the year, and you see what's there's more of, and. I guess in this offensively driven NBA that we're in right now, there's a lot more boards just flying about and people are picking up rebounds left, right, and center. Like Chris, I mean, Chris Paul is six foot blade zero and he gets 4.3 rebounds a game. So they're flying everywhere. But this is a guy who's always active on the boards. Like this is what Josh Hart does. He brings you hustle stats and hustle stats translate to NBA fantasy value because that's rebounds. It's assists like steals, it's, it's blocks. He plays his game at a decent percentage. So he doesn't tank it anywhere. In fact, he helps improve your field goal percentage as well. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. I you know what? I'm probably now that he's solidified that spot a little bit more, I'm gonna have a look at my draft board after this. But um was it well well <laughs> I'm gonna move him up. Over, yeah, I'm moving him up. Yeah. Was there any other uh relevant NBA news you've got, or are we gonna lead into uh these burning questions, mate? Mate, the only other thing that I think that's come out today is uh, Jeff Teague got retired about it's something that I think you and I have spoken about, mate. How there is this like there's this renaissance of the new young the new young guy in the NBA. Like I think it's that time. Like it's been like teetering on the I just get this feeling that it's been teetering on the edge of these dudes for the last couple of years. Like your Lucas, your Tyrese's, you know, you really top value elite young men in the NBA. I think we're there because Jeff Teague today has come out and said uh, De'Aaron Fox and Darius Garland retired me. Fox made me want to go to the bench. He was running so fast one game, he just kept running at me. My knees are still suffering from the change of directions. <laughs> yeah, right. You wouldn't oh, like believe it. This is probably the one podcast I was ever going to bring up Jeff Teague, and uh, we didn't expect that in the uh, in the breaking news section. Uh, but Jeff Teague retiring. Um, I actually have really enjoyed watching Jeff Teague play over his career. So um, I've taken him in a lot of drafts. So. Yeah, me too. He was a uh, look. He was a he was a very serviceable dude. The NBA just changed around. You know what I'm saying? And that's this is like what happens to these guys. Like a few years ago, I can't remember. I was sitting in my apartment in Sydney at the time and I was watching I was I was off for some reason and this guy playing and he just started doing everything like he just started dunking the ball rebounding near the rim I had a f- available spot I was like I'm just gonna pick this guy up on my fantasy team this is like years ago when I was starting for and it was, his name was Hassan Whiteside and he then put up two or three years of like decent stats like blocks rebounds high field goal percentage tanks you, you know what I mean like you offset that and now he's not even in the NBA like Andre Drummond, like you know, like these guys who are like massive guys, and then two years later they just fall off. And see you later, Jeff. But thank you. Next and next topic, mate. That's that's pretty much us on the NBA news because it's the dog days of the NBA in August. <laughs> yeah, 
Look, let's have a look. And you've got some questions, and uh, we're going to bounce off each other. We're going to answer answer these five questions together and just see what we come up with. Um, look, we're going to answer it from a basketball standpoint and probably mention uh, where it sits from a fantasy standpoint because that's what people uh, listen to us for. Um, so the first question here is, is Nikola Jokic the best player in the NBA? And I just want to tailor it a little bit. Uh, because Ooh. I think that's a pretty easy question. But is he the consensus number one draft pick this year, Matty? Yeah, he is. Just because I draft him all the time. Like you and I have played a couple of leagues now together. If I had the number one pick last year, the only thing I did was try to trade him back. So I had this thing, like I know that he was going to be so good. I was wondering, could I get other value and then make it up later if I could really just sap somebody for a second pick? So if I can get like the six or the seventh pick, and I could get like, cheers, my brother, Jason Tatum. And if I can move up four rounds in advance and get an extra additional pick in another round that I wanted, that was the only way I was trading him. Otherwise, for me, every single time, I'm taking the Joker with the number one pick. So for me, is he the best player in the NBA right now? I think he is. He's not my favorite player in the NBA, but from a basketball, there's just stats don't lie. And what he's done is just, it's greatness. It's greatness. I spoke about this in the Denver Nuggets podcast that's coming out this weekend, Matty. Oh, yeah. He's sexy. If you had to pick five guys to watch in the NBA, Matty, who are you watching? Yep. Like, if you can watch any five dudes in the NBA right now, who are you going to go and buy tickets to go and see? Fuck. Do you, do you know I'm boring as shit when it comes to deciding on NBA players? So I would in 2K... In 2K12, I once played four seasons as Kyle Korver for the for the Chicago Bulls, and I just stood in the corner and shot three. Um, but, but, if to, but, but, if, but if I had to rattle off five players I enjoy watching, yeah, it's boring as shit. Um, apart from Ja Morant and probably Zion Williamson, and you've sort of thrown that on me, I really like to watch people that play really hard off ball and do a lot mm-hmm. of work. I do enjoy watching Steph Curry. Like that's, I suppose, yeah. not not that boring. But I like Steph Curry when he plays that secondary role or when like he doesn't have the ball. I like that role when when Draymond gets the ball at the top of the key and then watch what he does outside yeah. of actually like being the ball handler and being the man. Like I just think as a basketball player to be the person to defend this guy would be absolutely impossible. Chaos. And, and then I like love watching like somebody like Jokic when everybody collapses on him and then, and then he's passing out of it or like that's, I've now mentioned four names. So I'm going to mention one more. I love watching Johnny Thanks. Concha. You love watching Johnny Concha? Yeah, you're a deep cut Grizzlies fan though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. this is going to be like He's just one of those guys that nobody's ever heard of and like he just like gets his shot. Like it's like watching like if you're a Clippers fan and I know that he's now at the Grizzlies, it's like watching somebody like Luke Kennard or like a Norman Powell or somebody like that. It's just yeah. a guy that like doesn't get that much opportunity, but when he does yeah. get his opportunity, he is a fantastic basketball player. And I just think like as some Somebody that that isn't a fantastic basketball player myself, um, like oh, I just see somebody that like that. Yourself. Yeah, I just I just see somebody like that, and I was like, fuck. If I was like good at 
just shooting threes and like I just worked really hard off ball. Maybe I could be that guy. Look, I, I, I'm i right there with you. There's a couple of those. Mick Dell and I, so if you haven't listened to it yet, and you wouldn't have because we've recorded it like before this one, the Denver Nuggets podcast, we brought up pretty much the similar names and we said like how great Steph Curry is to watch. Um, and, and Jokic was there. I guess the other only major news in the NBA has been that Paul George on his podcast was like calling out Devin Booker and starting some shit there with Clay Thompson, like, oh, whatever, like, good on you. And the one thing they spoke about was that moonshot that Jokic hit. Like only one dude could hit that kind of shot. And if you watch that playoff game, like I don't know if you stand around in training. Like Maddie, we play both basketball. You don't sit around just doing that shot and just throwing balls up from behind the back of your head. And they go the over like, it's just ridiculous. the shoulder, boulder holder of Anthony Davis in your grill. Like, like, you, like you just don't throw a basketball like that and hit that so cleanly and less you probably name as Nikola Jokic. So yeah, for me, and come back to the fantasy wise, if you've got the number one pick or the number two pick and someone's like, Oh, I think it's Joel's season because he's the MVP. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good for you because you're going to take the Joker with the second pick hundred percent every day of the week. No doubt. I would, even if you think, even if you're that person that thinks that Joel Embiid is going to have this year and Joel Embiid was the number one pick, I still take Joker and I just trade down. Yeah, that's it. You're taking Joker every single day of the week. And I guess that's like we were talking before about, like we've mentioned the Nuggets a few times. So this is another guy who's coming back, I guess, this year on a shifting team. Like I think if his partner's in crime, so to speak, and I think about there's been a lot of talk right now about how um, is, is Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray like the best duo in the NBA? So I guess my question is, is Jamal Murray a top what player? going into the 2024 20, season. Like, where do you pick Jamal Murray now that he's healthy, healthy again, he's coming off this, and he has an improved role? Like, what do you reckon? So how I did this was I pressed Control-F, and then I typed in Murray. And then DeJounte Murray popped up. So then I pressed the next button, and Jamal <laughs> Murray popped up. And Jamal Murray popped up at – I've got him rated as the 39th best player yeah so just just for those playing at home you've worked out um how good i am at computers i didn't type in jamal um jamal franklin wasn't as good as jamal murray but yeah look i've got Dejounte higher than jamal if we're talking about the brothers there but jamal murray i've got him as the 39th ranked player i do think that he is a top 40 player but last year he was the 58th best fantasy wise Um, and I suppose fantasy wise, I plan to draft him probably 50 plus cause I want a little bit of value with that injury history. I don't want to draft him at his ceiling. And I think his ceiling is sort of only that sort of early thirties. Um, yeah. I just, I just like with that injury history, I want to take him in the fifties. I want to see him slide to 55. Then I have my pick and then like, I've got that 15 sort of leeway to counteract his injury history. Where do you have him as a basketball player? And then tell me from a uh, fantasy uh, standpoint where you've got him. Look, as a basketball player, look, I don't say that he's not good at the game. Like he's just done so much. This is, this is the thing I love about like when we get to do this whole like analyst versus fan thing, like, cause at the end of the day, like when I, when I sit and watch a game, I'm trying not to always just watch it with my analyst hat on, like on my like I've got to like make a like a decision. I just like to enjoy my basketball. 
And Jamal Murray is someone when he is on, I'm just like, this dude is like next level. Like, again, I, I've spoken about it before. Bubble Murray, that's a vibe. Like Bubble Murray was an absolute smoke show vibe. Like this is a, this is like one of the best point guards in the NBA in that bubble season. And then he got injured and then he's come back and he finished after the all-star break last year, after the trade deadline is the 52nd best player in 20 games. The thing that he hurt you on is his field goal percentage. Like he's not that efficient. Like he, it was at 44%. And I mean, that's not like not efficient, but it is like, if you look by way of like, what's good, that's not good. Like good is like 47%, like 48%, 44% isn't good. Like he hits, he gets the threes, he, he scores, but this year there's more of an impetus on him in the league. So yeah, I'm liking Jamal Murray in the top 50. If he slides in my fifth round to after the fifties, if he's in my sixth round, I'm taking him. Jamal Murray's definitely having a top 50 season, especially with how they've like goodbye, Bruce Brown, goodbye, Jeff Green. He needs to do some more heavy lifting in Denver this season, in my opinion, um, to complement Jokic a bit more because Jokic is obviously going to try and draw more attention. What that does, but yeah, he's a he's a top fifty. He's a yeah, he's a top fifty player in the NBA this season, fantasy wise, a hundred percent. Do you do you think the Warriors are headed for like? Uh, sorry, the Nuggets are headed for that Warriors like run. Like, like realistically, they just won a championship. Like, um. Where do, you, where do you see him right now? Like, you're just saying that, like, if Jamal Murray finished at where he was and he's moved forward and Jokic was the number one pick last year, he's the number one pick. What about the other yeah, pieces? No. Let me know. No. no, I'm not having it, brother. I'm not, I'm not having it. This is, this is not the Warriors. This is not a dynasty. This is like, I get the, I get the rhetoric around it. I get it because it's Nikola Jokic. Like, we're talking about Nikola Jokic because it's like fucking, like, Nikola Jokic. Like, this is... We're watching, like we, we need to think about as fans, we're watching like an all-timer right now. In fact, we're watching two, three all-timers right now. Let like, me think about it. We've got Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Stephen Curry going around our basketball courts right now. Like Luka Doncic is out there. You know, we've got these future top 20 dudes in our league right now. But they're not the Warriors. They got weaker this offseason, 100%. If it's on the back of Jokic, this basically solidifies him almost as a top five guy all time for me. If they win a championship this year just based on this one guy, that's just massive, I reckon. So, no, there's there's no way it's a Warriors-like run for me. I just think they've lost more than they've put in at this point, you know, on the provision of a trade. But, no, man, it's just not the Warriors. And they don't have that Warriors feel, you know what I mean? Like, do you feel like you feel like when you were watching the Warriors when you were a so, so I, I agree with you. I think that they got yeah. worst, but I think yeah. this is a team like the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. They are right there. They yeah. won. Did anyone expect them to win? Probably fucking no. not. Uh, the, yeah, like, but they won. But I don't expect to see them here again. Um, maybe they go to the second round again. Maybe they go to the Western Conference Finals again. Um, I've got teams like Phoenix on top of them. I've got some up-and-coming teams that I think can overtake them in, in like, the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. And, and some of those teams, I just think that they are better than yep. the Nuggets. Like, how, how often do you see a team like this and say that they actually got worse? Like, um, like usually a team like this yep. wins the championship, and they sign all they the get, elite get, veterans to vet minimum. They get better. 
Yeah, they get better. But they've all went to Phoenix. They went to Phoenix. <laughs> they, they went they, to Phoenix. You're, you're spot on. Yeah. They, they, they lost Bruce Brown. Like, who's going to play those 28 minutes a night? Christian Braun? The Razor? The Razor? The Razor? You call him? Just, yeah. just, I don't know if you showed like, it. Like, not a, not a chance. A real this is man. the only time that I, I've seen a team and they've, and they've won a championship and they've got worse. And maybe they've seen some of Nikola Jokic's antics and they've just sort of been like, hey, I don't want to be a don't part want. of that. I'm a better chance going to KD in Phoenix. And I think that's what's happened. Yeah. I, I, dude, I'm so with you. Like, I I don't know what's up. Like, there was all this talk that, hey, they've just won a ring. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA. They've got Jamal Murray. He's a flamethrower. Every veteran is going to come and sign with them this offseason. They re-signed Reggie Jackson. Oh, congratulations. Good on you. He was already on your team. No one got attracted to the team, but there was no magnets. Fuck me sideways and call me spanked. The Lakers signed more talent than the, than the Nuggets. But like, no one wants to live in Denver either. Like, it is one of those places that, like, oh, it's, it, looks, I know, the I know views look amazing. The, 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 mountains look, the mountains look really nice. Like, it, it's, it, there might be some good fishing. Is it, just, do they do trout in Denver? Hey Siri, Google NBA Denver strip clubs because uh, Magic City yeah, is there a Magic Harden, City nearby? Harden's not going there. Look, realistically, Denver just got a lot worse. They don't have anybody to step up into these minutes. I think that they're a top-heavy team. Um, I know that you're going to cover it in the podcast, so so we could probably leave that there. But realistically, that you've got Jamal Murray, you've got Jokic, you've got Aaron Gordon. You can take in late, later rounds, which are safe as houses. I don't know who's going to take Bruce Brown's minutes, but I'm not sure they're going to do it effectively anyway. Yeah, look. To be fair, we do we do cover that, and just like my cat is jumping in the background and trying to cover my lounge and get warm for later. Um, Look, we cover that in the podcast about the Denver Nuggets. And I'll tell you this, the Denver Nuggets of all these teams that we're doing the season preview of, Matty, they're the first thing that we've come across where there's five guys in the starting five that all profile as top 144 players. Like they all profile as guys that should be drafted. You're going to draft Jamal Murray, tick. You're going to draft KCP, tick. He's off. Uh, you're going to draft, you know, bloody Aaron Gordon. He's even going to be in there. Michael Porter Jr., Yep. And you don't even have to think about much because the Joker is going off super quick. Yep. So it's like one of the first five guys, it's like teams <coughs> with the first starting five is bloody, it's there out of there, like the whole team. But then you look at the rest of it and none of them are going to be fantasy or relevant because they're just not a like a team like the Warriors. Like they're not, they're not poised for a run. Jokic is poised for greatness, but what that brings him as a team is going to be, it's two separate kettles of fish. Which I guess is like, how do they manage that? Like, like, like Mike, Michael Malone is a good coach, but I don't think he's the best coach in the NBA. I think is Eric Spolstra the best coach in the NBA? Even though he lost, his team lost to the Denver Nuggets. Is he the best coach in the NBA? Eric I mean, Spolstra. What do you reckon? I mean, he's not pop. He's not pop. Is he yeah. new pop? I think like if you ask me in. Five years' time, if you ask me in eight years' time, yep. yes, 
I think that Eric Spolster could be the best in the NBA, but he's all, always had this extreme talent. Like when you look at somebody like Pop, he's done it with like Mr. Fundamental. And I think that that is like yeah. something that should be like when you win a championship with LeBron, you've got something different. You've got something amazing. When you win it with Tim Duncan, I wonder if you've got somebody like, I don't know. Like you could take like a top five center, but Pop made him amazing. Yeah. Look, I'm I probably look for me it's Pop with a bullet, number one. Spo is probably a close second. Mm. I really have trouble trying not to put Steve Kerr in the conversation. Like if if I'm talking fantasy wise, I'm just looking at what he puts out there on his team for the Golden State Warriors. And he puts out these basketball teams, like his whole, like, oh, I don't play rookies, I don't play rookies. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, like he's a student of the pop. You know what I mean? So yep. for me, Steve Kerr is that heir apparent as a coach. Spo is just, the, like, I've heard interviews with the guy talking about, like, you know, and I'm like, yeah. oh, really? You eat food? Tell me more about food. <laughs> like, food's yeah. lovely. I, I, like, the man just seems like this naturally intelligent amazing like you could put him in any field and he'd excel and he just happens to be an nba coaching and he's really yeah. really good at it and the fact that he took that miami heat team there and he put some systems in place to even contest that like that wasn't a great miami heat team in the finals like jimmy butler flamed out way too soon bam was just doing bam things at the end of the day and who else have you got well you've got spo it's like you know in the avengers movies it's like, yeah, but we have a Hulk. It's like if you yeah. were a basketball team, it's like, yeah, we have a Spo. I, you know I, what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I do agree with you, but I wonder if like teams like the Raptors with Nick Nurse, like they got over that hump, like yeah. with with like similar level talent. So I Bet. probably like I rate Nick Nurse right up there with Spo. I love Spo, and like he gets that. I suppose bump from doing it in the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh years, yeah. but 100%. Nick Nurse never got that opportunity. So I wonder if I was selecting a oh. coach right now, yeah, maybe I would. I would take Nick Nurse over Spo. Did he? Did he though? Because I mean that Kawhi Leonard year that they had him, he kind of showed what he can do with like really, like imagine if Kawhi re-signed at Toronto. Like with this they parallel universe, fourth best team. Like the, the parallel universes we live in, if Kawhi ended up staying there, because I don't know what he's achieved as a clipper, to be fair. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it's all about these off seasons and what happens. Like when we talk about like this guy went here and this guy went here and those parallel sliding doors, it's like, is Kawhi just Gwyneth Paltrow standing on a train, just watching the Raptors one go by? And look at what's happened there comparatively to what's happening in the Clippers where no two superstars can be, you know what I mean? Like healthy at the same time. Like for me, maybe, it's all about that. And maybe Kawhi just hasn't been coached by Nick Nurse at the Clippers. Ty Lue's not a bad coach. I mean, he's a, he's a right. When he is, when he is done a right, like, was LeBron just the coach? You're, like, the biggest LeBron fan that I know. 
was was LeBron calling the shots or was Ty Lue calling the shots? Like realistically, Suddenly I just him. think Ty Lue was in the right time at the right place for his career. Uh, no, you know what? I'm a LeBron fan. I, I, I'm saying I like LeBron. Like, of course I do. Just like you like, you like Ja Morant. Yeah, fishing. I like Marcus Gasol. So do I. I like Marcus Gasol. I like, I like Marcus Gasol. I like both the Gasols. You know, I like any gasoline. Um, look, I actually think Ty Lue was really savvy because, okay, I think LeBron coaches are different. To be fair, like I take LeBron out of the equation because what you have to manage when you've got that is you've got to not only manage LeBron, but I guess you've got to manage personnel. But Ty Lue has shown himself to be a very good coach in the NBA. He's been a, he's been a decent coach. Like he's better than Doc Rivers. You know what I mean? Like, and there's reasons I mean, for that. 30, like, you know, so there's 30 coaches. We're talking top five. Doc Rivers is exactly in the conversation. Hundred percent. So I actually think Ty Lue is a, is a good coach. I think he's got his head around the game, and as a former player, he really brings that. So I think you manage a different thing. So like, yeah, for me, it's you know when I think about these off season changes, like there's that parallel universe where he stayed and the Toronto got better and at least competed for a second championship instead of being bounced out in the playoff rounds because of an unhealthy team in LA that seems too top heavy for its own good. You know yeah. what I mean? And then that's like we talk about these off season changes. So I guess my question then to you, Maddie, is this. Which team has had the best off-season getting ready for the 23-24 season? I mean, we're talking about the Nuggets and, like, are they headed for a Warriors-like run? They're not because all the guys that the Nuggets would normally sign have gone to Phoenix. <coughs> like the Sun Rally landing... the Valley! Yeah, like the Suns landed Beal for peanuts. Uh, they got... Yeah, the guys that they got for vet minimum is actually ludicrous. This is better Stupid. than the uh, than the Warriors years uh, during their their stretches. Like blokes like yeah. Eric Gordon, uh, Yuto Watanabe, um, Josh Okoge, Damian Lee, Keita Bates, Diop, Drew Eubanks could be the best backup center in the comp. Like um, yeah. Chemezi Meadow has proved that he's worth more than the minimum and could have got more at most teams. Like. I don't want to bring up Bol Bol because I think that he is there to sell jerseys. But apart from that, uh, <laughs> these guys, like, realistically, like, shouldn't be on a team that is paying Booker, Aiton, Beal, Durant. Like, it's actually wild. Yeah, no, I get that, man. And I'm right there with you. Like, Shabesi Metsu is even on the team right now. They've, they've gone pretty deep, and it's just... Like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. 100% the Phoenix Suns have had the best offseason. They've picked up guys for the um, vet minimum. And it's, yeah, they're the best-looking team in the offseason. Second, I'd probably rate some of the Lakers' decisions. Probably good around the fringes Homer. right there. It's a, I'm not a home, mate. It's just the truth. I think, I think what they've done with re-signing their guys and putting a team, they've basically put back together the same team that went to the Western Conference Finals. And they had a chance to lose that. They had a chance to lose D'Lo, lose Reeves, lose Hachimura. They've retained all three. And they've added Torian Prince and extras. So, yeah, I think they're in a good position, re-sign-wise. Not a homer, just an observation, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think that they're in the ballpark of the um, of the of the top signings. Like, yeah, they got their guys. I think they were lucky to get where they got. Uh, with LeBron getting a year older, I don't think it's going to look much better for the Lakers. 
But that's yeah, I hear that's it. why we put. But like realistically, we're looking at it on paper, and that's why we play the season out. Like we don't just look at the Suns and give them the championship right now. Um, like you know, you don't look at your projections in fantasy, um, and just go, well, this guy won the year after the draft. Like you, you play it out, and you just see see what happens. Um, but I suppose like what teams had the surprise season, like um, like last yeah. year, I would say the teams that were really surprising were like Utah. Cleveland, uh, the Knicks. Uh, what do you think, man? Yeah. Uh, look, man, I'm just oh, – I think teams can always surprise. I think the first 10 games you end up saying, it was like, oh, my God, Utah is like 10-0 and zero, and like they're amazing and then they end up getting a lottery pick. I think for me, I'm going to wrap the podcast with one question that I, I thought I'd surprise you with the Dark Horse question. Who do you think is poised for the Larry Markkinen Award? for the 23-24 season. Who's going to be the guy who takes the biggest leap forward with their opportunities, I guess, this coming season? Um, Jeremy Sohan. Okay. Okay. Yeah, look, oh, look, it's either Jeremy Sohan or Paolo Bancaro. Um, Jeremy Sohan, I think he's a great fit beside Wemby. Um, look, I don't even like the Zach Collins fit, really, beside Wemby. I think that they are going to start that to start the year, and then I think that they're going to find... Jeremy Sohan is the better fit beside him. In 26 minutes a night, he scored 11, uh, got two and a half assists, five rebounds, um, you know, shot at 50, uh, 45%. I think that he's a really good pick. Um, and I sort of think of that guy as Laurie. But if I'm looking at guys that you can get in that 50, 60, 70 range that have top 30 value, it's Pelo Bancaro. So I just think that he's a guy that, Again, that you can get a little bit later that has that top 30 upside. And if you do take him, I think worst case scenario outside of injury is he's like the 70th best player, which like I was just saying in our Boston Celtics podcast, if you take Jason Tatum at four and he's the eighth best player, you're happy. If you take Paolo Bencaro at 60 and he has top 30 upside, but ends up the 70th or the 75th best player, you're still probably happy in your drafts. Um, yeah, I think that that Laurie Markkinen season uh, could go, and it's interesting that I've brought up a couple of power forwards there. I think it could go to yeah. that. What do you think? Well, I'll share that with you and many more insights on our insight hits for the 23-24 podcast. A bit of, here you go. This is a, this is a radio sample of season because that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you check out that one because we're going to do a show called The Smoke Shows. And the guys who are absolutely, we think, are going to put the league on notice this year and exceed their ADPs and be the best value for your draft. Yep. So I'm going to save mine for that one. <laughs> Obi Toppin <clears throat> is one of them. Um, real name, no gimmicks. Matty, thanks so much for joining me, mate. Absolute pleasure as always. Catch all your stuff up on our socials. Make sure you're following at Insight F Sports. You're following SC underscore Matrix. I'm at NBA G Wiz. We have been the Insight NBA podcast. You take care, be well, and ball out. Cheerio.